This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. If you're just joining us, we are speaking on a theme of dominion. We declared dominion to be the portal for us and that we are going to walk in spiritual authority. Uh, You are not going to be mediocre in, in 2023. You are going to have the rod of the priesthood in your life. When you pray, you will see results. I kid you not, when you pray, you will access the gates of heaven. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about gates. I issue a warrant of arrest for your attention for at least 30 minutes. Last week, I spoke about an altar, and I showed you from the life of Jacob. Whenever you want to study God, you study a man that had an encounter with God. And uh, we say that we look to that, that encounter, we look to that experience, it's called a pattern. Somebody say pattern. We look at that pattern and we see the pattern that Jacob did. He laid his head on a pillow and he started to look up and at that place it was so anointed. It was carrying a spiritual uh, aerial of attraction because It was at the same place that Abraham was. And so when Jacob lay his head on that stone, he started to have spiritual activity. The the earth vibrated. The place shook with the presence of God. I kid you not, I tell you that that's going to be the experience in this church. There's going to be vibrations. uh, There's going to be the presence of God And there's going to be shouts and shrieks. You need to understand that that is all a pattern of spiritual activity. And it's not to scare you, but it's there for you to understand that God is in this place. As per Jacob's word when he said, surely God is in this place and I discerned it not. You must understand that there's going to be spiritual activity. Because it's the house of God. Jacob said, I rename it El Bethel, the God of Bethel. And Bethel means the house of God. Listen to me, family. The, day, the days of pre-COVID activities, spiritual activities of what the church was is dead. I, I see it more and more as I speak to men of God. They also are changing the way they do church. And church is by no means, this is the embassy church. It's not playhouse. I want to tell you today, if you're looking for entertainment, and there's nothing wrong with looking for entertainment, you can buy a ticket to go to playhouse. And don't expect at playhouse to get a preacher to preach there. Because the agenda is different. But surely... We can't attract you to the church by having entertainment on God's altar. You're joking. So when you come, you should 
not have, expect an entertainment factor to bring you to church. Those days are over. Those days are over. But when you do come to church, there must be an expectation that the sick will be healed. The oppressed will be delivered. That the power of God will be in the house of God. And as we continually strike at it, I was saying to one pastor, whatever you want to reach, you teach. I was at a church in a service and they brought this guy a funeral service to dance and he's got he's got a body i won't lie he's got a body but to take your shirt out now and dance in the funeral service i asked the pastor next door to me what's going on he said the church must be relevant I tell you what, if it was your, any of your family's funeral and you do that on this altar, I will stop the funeral. And maybe he'll go in the box too. <laughs> what, what glory does it do to show that all the thing, all it was, was to do was to show that body as far as I'm concerned. It does nothing to the altar. It does nothing to strengthen the altar of God. That's why we, we can't reach communities. The church is, is, I'm not saying the whole church, but the church is dying because we have lost the ingredient of what an altar should look like. Are we together? An altar is a place, a platform, or a system where the spirit realm makes contact with the natural realm on legal grounds. I'll talk about legal grounds, the term legal grounds. I'll talk about gates that open up for spiritual activity and gates that open up for demonic activity. Those gates, as I talk about it today, is the legal structure that you can lift up a gate so that the spirit of God can come in. You can lift up a gate so that a demonic spirit can come in. Please sit up, pay attention. I'm coming to some of the things where maybe gates are opened in your life. That is why you under spiritual attack all the time. You cannot break through. I call it a near success syndrome. You come close to success, but you never attain what God wants for your life. It could be because there are gates in your life. Uh, uh, as we progress along the year, again, as I spoke about in December, that there was a way of thanks, the way of thanksgiving to God. There are ways that you get to God, the way of. You walk into ways, you walk into pathways. Are we together this morning? Matthew eighteen nineteen says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. That means if you gather in the name of God, that space becomes a sacred space because the Holy Spirit comes. That's why the Hebrew says, forsake not the gathering of the saints, of the saints. As the saints come, listen to me, you are a carrier of the presence of God, whether you know it or not. One carries the Father, one carries the 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 the, the 
the Son, and the other carries the Holy Spirit. When we come together, we bring the fullness of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we carry it. We bring it together. Are we together this morning? Yes. So he says, where two or three gather in my name. If there's consistently meeting God in this place, consistently, one time, two times, three times, this place becomes a sacred space and it uh, uh, has the presence of God because you consistently meet in God in this place. This place becomes a sacred space. And as you consistently, because Abraham met in Genesis chapter number 12 in Luz. Jacob met in that place. It became a meeting place. God came one time. God came two times. God came three times. And God said, okay, this is the place where people come. It became an altar. Became a what? An altar. You know, missionaries, when they came into our country, they turned their homes into consistently prayer places. And those homes became blessed because there was prayer going up. Angels coming down, it became a gateway to heaven. It became the gate place of heaven. If you consistently pray in your bedroom, that you walk in and you'll feel a change of atmosphere. That is why I said to you, this place, you, you cannot have demonic activity and expect godly presence. Let me say that again. You cannot have demonic. God talk will bring God into the place. Demonic talk will bring demons in the place. Your conversation uh, serves as an aerial of attraction. Are we together this morning? Now, I just want to, must give you this. An altar carries great spiritual energy. Therefore, to destroy an item that is heavily charged means direct confrontation with this raw energy that is being sponsored by spirit. It's very important to understand this. In 1 Kings 13 verse 4, it's the same place of Bethel. But a king called Jeroboam, he started well. And here's the thing about many of us. We start in the spirit, but we end in the flesh. And it's not important how you start. It's important how you end. Be very careful about that. A lot of people start with the blessings of God. A lot of people... I've seen it, and, and it's not only my story, it's many pastors. You see how people have nothing, and then they come into church, they grow in God's word, and God blesses them. And then they think they are self-made, and you'll never find them again. It's hard to find them because the blessing has stolen their hearts and moved them to different places. Never allow the brightness of the blessing to blind you to the one that blesses you. Let me say it one more time. Never allow the brightness of a blessing to blind you to the one that blesses you. Thank you. And so Jeroboam is king, but uh, 
after a little while, he put strange things on the altar. In, 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 if you're theologically minded, they say, you light strange fire. Somebody say strange fire. Strange fire on God's altar. Jeroboam was lighting strange fire. God raises a man of God, a man, a, just an ordinary man. If you, if, if for your homework, you should go and study this and you'll see how God raises this normal man. And there is a prophet in Bethel and the prophet is doing nothing. Uh, very much like blind pastors who can't protect the altar. So God raises a man from Judah, just raises him, sends him to go and clean up the altar. The scripture goes like this, and it came to pass when the king heard the word of the man of God, which he cried against the altar in Bethel. Jeroboam stretched forth his hand from the altar saying, lay hold on this man. Jeroboam didn't want this man to clean up the altar. He said, lay hold of him. And his hand which he stretched out against the man of God, his hand dried up. I'm trying to show you that Jeroboam is fighting an altar. A man comes to clean up the altar. Jeroboam tries to clean him out. And the spirit of God that is sponsoring that altar holds his hand back. When you fight in altars, you must be at a certain level to fight that altar. Because altars have raw, if I could, in, in inverted brackets, inverted call, raw energy. Not the energy from heaven, but it has a spiritual realm that is sponsored. It goes for a godly altar, like we see, or a demonic altar as well. And that's why if you are going to go against a demonic altar and you want to break down that altar, you must be in covenant with God. You must have, here's the word, you must have dominion. That's why we're teaching on dominion that you are going to be able to lay hands on the sick. You are going to clean up altars. You are going to walk into places. You don't say, who are you going to call? Lots of, lots of Christians, they, they come to one place and when they enter into a territory, it's like we're going to call Ghostbusters. Each of you are mandated, and that's what I'm trying to, that's the whole thing about the sermon, to propel you into a realm. You have fasted. You have prayed. This week can't be for nothing. Surely the presence of God must come towards you, and you must become a rod. You must be an aerial of attraction for the presence of God. If you want that, say amen. So, as I say, you must be under a covenant with God and you must be charged with a charge that is greater than the charge of an altar that you want to destroy. Hence, your charge should release a discharge against all attacks that would project from that altar and destroy them. I'm going to show you just now 
what are the spirits that come from, from an altar? Maybe now is a, is a good time. Okay, but let me just talk about gates. Now, where there is a continuous problem that you have, people's faces differ and so do their challenges. But if you consistently in 2020, 2019, 2017, if it's a recurrence of that same problem, it is your stronghold. It is a stronghold over your life. It is, here's the word, dominating over you. It's become a strong binding force. It's called a stronghold. Police and military men know what this is. If there is a, 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 a certain crime in a certain area, they go into that area, increase their force, and they make that place a stronghold. They, 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 they go in, in greater force, and they diminish it. Am I right, sir? So you diminish. You make what is strong weak. Where there is a stronghold, now, that stronghold that's exercising itself in your life, in your home, that stronghold is receiving its power from somewhere. Where there is a stronghold, there is an altar. Where there is an altar, there is a gate. And where there is a gate, there is a guardian to this gate who sits under the authority of the strong man. <clears throat> we'll see this in Ezekiel, if you're looking for the whole picture of it, Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 5. Sit up. <clears throat> then he said to me, Son of man, look towards the north. So I looked in the entrance north of the gate of the altar. I saw this idol or the stronghold that calls it an idol I saw this idol of of what are you thinking you're going to see something like demonic the stronghold is one of it calls it jealousy have you ever lived with a very jealous partner doesn't look like anybody here lived with a jealous partner. But it's hard. I, I do some counseling. It's hard to live with a jealous man or a jealous woman. Because you have to give an account from the moment you leave your door. You got to say, at five past, I was there. At ten past, I was there. I reached at twenty past. Person X opened the door for me. Like you've got to give a forensic audit. Of it. It's very hard to live with a, with a person like that. It happens. Especially when, when, when there was a committal of an act of adultery. Now it's like, oh, I don't trust you. To regain the trust, you're going to have to tell me exactly where you was. Who's speaking to you? You, you, you understand? The stronghold of jealousy. I'm trying to show you that an altar can sponsor that jealousy. Another type of thing that I want to address today is a gate called anger. 
What does the gate of anger look like? A lot of people are, are angry, but they, they, they'll say, I'm not angry. Me, angry? Never. Drives dangerously. Angry people drive dangerously. They never within the speed limit. Angry people. They start fights willing to see it through with violence. Filled with rage constantly. Just look straight ahead. Don't look left, don't look right. Rage, constantly full with rage. They are never wrong. They are always right. Now, there's a guy called Bobby Knight. He was a basketball coach. He had a anger problem, a temper problem. Temper. If you ever go for, if you ever, your company recommended you for anger management, you got an anger problem. But I'll move it away from psychology and say that there is a gate and an altar sponsoring your behavior. Now what I want to say is Bobby Knight didn't only have an anger problem, but he also lost his job. When you lose your job, can you see your life going down? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy and so this anger problem, it's, a, it's been sponsored by an altar. It's a spiritual gate. Anger is a spiritual gate that's sponsoring your lack of success in life. Are we together this morning? Let's talk about gates quickly. Gates, I'll go back one slide. Gates are access routes, entry points or doors into a person's life, family, home, community, nation, continent. You know in the Bible there's a madman of Gadara? And he's sitting at the, at the entry point of Gadara. But behind Gadara are ten cities. They, nothing can go in, nothing can come out. The only thing that they were keeping was pigs. Pig farming was going on. He was, the spirit was at the gate of Gadara, blocking 10 cities economy. The gateway was because this one madman, who they couldn't even bind him. And that's why when Jesus said, let's go on to the other side, he went, he came, he delivered this one man and he was, and he went back. He didn't care about going into the, the rest of the, the cities because he came to set the captive free. You say, Pastor, where are you going with this? Our country. There's, a, there's, 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 a, there's demons sitting at the gateways of our economy. If you perceive what I'm saying. We, behind it is all the gold. Behind it all is all the diamonds. We got coal. We, I learned in school that Newcastle was the place of Coal, there's, we could sell coal to the world. Our economy is rich, but there are demons at the gateways, principalities and powers in the places, that, in the high places that are keeping us 
We need to storm the gates. We need to understand this concept of gateways. But before we go into the nation, I still want to deal with individual. What is blocking your personal blessings? Are we together this morning? Now, let's talk a little bit. Sit up. Please, please don't sleep. Yes, 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 it's, I'm, I'm landing. I know where I'm going. I'm going to talk about Rachel's, Rachel, who is Jacob's wife, but Laban's daughter. There are, I don't have it in my notes, but maybe I just feel I should talk about it. There are gateways to people's lives. Uh, Leticia, stand up quickly. See. Hard to stand. Yeah. She's, she's with child. Chrisanne, stand. It's a very fertile place. If you don't, be careful. Sasha. It's about time, Sasha. You, you must come and sit on this side. These, these people, these two, our child, they have an umbilical gateway to their child. They control what the children will receive. I heard Chrisanne saying the other day that she reads. You were, you were reading yesterday. She, she reads to this child. They sing to this child. They are controlling the gate to the child. What is in this and in these mothers? They have the they control the, the 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 life of this child through an umbilical gate. Are we together? Stand up, sir. You are the these are the fathers of the children. They control the child's life through a genital gateway. So the males have genital gateways. The females have umbilical gateways. It's important to understand this concept, males especially, because you can go and open your gate anywhere. Are we together? And uh, you, you lift up the gates so that the king of glory will come in, but... You, you control that, that child. If it's done in the wrong way, what you did through adultery will come in. That's why you, you will see in families where the grandmother was not married and had a child. That child had a child and never got married. And that child now has a boyfriend and she falls pregnant. And you say, where is this coming from? It's coming through an umbilical and a genital gateway. And you want to correct the behavior. You want to hit this child because she went to, to college and we sent you to, to get a diploma, but you got a child. And then you name the child diploma. <laughs> Just as a reminder of what, what came forth. You may be seated. There are There are gateways. The blessing on this child 
she may think she's blessed, but it comes from the prayer, the genital gateway of a father and of the mother. So we have Jacob who is anointed for Bethel, but we got Rachel who is living in Laban's house and Laban is serving foreign gods. Now watch this. Let's go to the scripture. <clears throat> Jacob tells his wife, pack up. We are leaving. We're leaving your father's house. In a packing up, Genesis 31, 19, when Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole a father's household goods. God, sorry. She's thinking, man, my father was blessed. He's a blessed man. Let me just take some of his gods with me. And so she steals some of his gods. Chapter 34, verse 35. Now Rachel had taken the household goods and put them inside of her camel's saddle and was sitting on them. Now Laban is not taking it lightly. He chases after this crew and he wants to find out where is my where is my I can't hear you where is my gods because when he went to his altar he took one look at his altar and he said Woo, somebody took my God and the only people that left was Jacob now Jacob is not going to take Laban's gods because Jacob has the God of gods. Rachel said to her father, Don't be angry, my Lord. Now he's searching. He's doing a search in the tent. Don't be angry, my Lord, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I am having my period. So he searched, but he could not find the household gods. Who had it? Rachel. Rachel is bringing into Jacob's household another spirit. From another altar. Are we together? So she's Jacob's wife, but Laban's daughter. And she's so used to living with her father's spirit. That she can't connect totally. She's, she's, have you ever taken a horse and you put a win and place? Not you, but those that do take. I was just trying to ch check if you. But you take win and place. So win is Jacob places Laban. Watch this. Now there's, a, there's two spirits sponsoring Rachel. When people walk into your presence they don't only walk in with their bodies they also walk in with their spirit I want you to bear that in mind sometimes you feel an agitation it's not because of the person but because of a spirit that they may be carrying all depends which altar they bow at all right so she's now carrying and the spirit is is watching her she is a gateway for a spirit 
She is a what? She is a what? Gateway for the Spirit. Now, let me take you to Genesis 30 verse 1. Rachel, are we together? When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, watch this, give me what? Give me what? Give me children. Open the gate of the genital and give me children. Or if you don't give me children, I will do what? I will. Woo, I will. I will. Because there's an altar that's listening to her and uh, there's an altar, but an altar always has a gate. A gate always has a strong man. A strong man will always have policemen, guardians to say, there it is, the gate is open, what are you waiting for? Rachel said, give me children, oh I will. I will. I will. She opened the gate for death. Let's fast forward, Genesis 35. Let's see how she dies. All right, are we together? Genesis 5, 17 to 8. And as Rachel was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't despair for you have another son. And she breathed her last in childbirth. For she was, she was what? I can't hear you. Is there only two people in the church? She was doing what? She was dying. And in her death, she named her son Ben-Onai. He caused me pain. At my birth, but his father renamed him. His father knows now altars. His father knows, Jacob knows that you can't name him from that altar. That's why you have baby dedications. You name right. So Jacob said, no, 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 he's not Benoni. He is Benjamin. But the point I'm trying to make is, she said, give me children or I will die. When she had the child, she died. You become a gatekeeper of your life at altars. That's why you don't jest and you don't joke about things. Life and death is in the power of the, I can't hear you, of the tongue. Let me show you one more scripture. You, you got time? 1 Samuel 15, 8. 15, you can, you can take it. 1 Samuel 15 verses 8 to 9. Yes, yes, the story. God says to Saul, Saul, there's this Amalekite nation. You must be careful of them. If you let them live, they'll kill you. They'll go to war and they'll destroy you. So God says to Saul, I want you to wipe out the Amalekites and more so kill the, the head of them, which is Agag, their leader. Saul goes to battle. He, God gives him victory, but when he looks at Agag, he feels sorry for the guy. And he lets him live, Agag. If you cut the head, the body dies naturally. If you kill the body and you leave the head, the thing will, it grows again. You say, Pastor, where are you going? 
There are some things in your life. You may have fought it. You destroyed its body. But you still, it's, there's something inside that's still sponsoring that altar. Are we together? And so, Saul lost his kingdom because he did not kill as per the instruction of God. And Agag, you, you know, uh, in, in Esther, there's Amon. Amon wants to kill the Jewish nation. You know who Amon is? Is the great-grandson of Agag. God knows what he's telling you to do. Kill this thing. Because down the line, it's going to fight you. And Saul did not. He left Agag. And Agag rose again. Got his breath back. Produced his own children. And Amon is the offspring that now wants to kill the Jewish nation. All right, let me, let me bring it home since you, you're looking at me so strangely. Be careful of what you bring to your bodies. There's, I'll talk about the, the different gates, the septetion, the gatekeeper in the demonic realm of the northern gates, the gatekeeper of the eastern realm, which is called the Orient. There are some things that you wear on your bodies that are aerials of attraction to the east, to the west, the north, the south. I prayed for a young man on, 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 on Friday and the Lord told me to tell him that those beads that he has in his hand must be removed. I was a bit uncomfortable. I, I had to wait until the Lord. And, but when I went home, I sent him a text. I said, does it have any meaning? He said, I'm not sure what you're talking about, Pastor. I said, I feel that you must get rid of it. He said, no problem. I'll get rid of it. There are aerials of attraction that come from demonic altars that enter through gates of the Orient, enter through gates of the North, that you innocently take it and wear it on your bodies. And you, you are not having breakthrough. You, you have headaches, you have body pains, you have all kinds of things, near accidents, accidents, freak accidents, things like that. There are aerials of attraction in your body. Those are physical things. There are also spiritual things. You saw jealousy is a spiritual gateway. Anger is a spiritual gateway. Are we together this morning? Are you learning? And there you are fasting and praying. And you still can't recognize why there's no breakthrough. Uh, you come to church, you have total peace. You, you have, it's like you're in heaven. But you go home and it's like you're living with the devil. There is something, some gate that has lifted in the direction of your home. That is in, inviting a spiritual storm. 
So we say the pastors always give us the problem, but they never give us the solutions. There is what we call the divine hammer of God. The hammer of God. And in a few moments, we're going to use the hammer of God. Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that smashes the rock. Do you know that pastor is now giving you the word? And some of you are saying, oh, this pastor now is telling us to take our chains and give away our, our Orient things. I'm not telling you to do that, but by the word of God, the, the word must minister to you. I'm, un, I'm, I'm unraveling the word and the hammer of God must come upon it. So we call the divine hammer of God to smash the rock or stones of altar like we saw in when the man of God came to that altar. He crushed the altar and everything became like stone and sand. 1 Kings 13, 3, it says, And he gave a sign the same day saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn apart and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. For parents, I just want to tell you, there is also a demonic hammer. You can study this. Um, and, and the person that controls that, I spoke about the Orient, is, his name is called Thor. Thor. T-H-O-R. Those of you, who are uh, the children who run around with these superheroes. That's why I said to you, children are so important. Uh, and if they can't get to us, they'll get to your children. They put the hammer. Thor is one with the hammer. He's the dark dominion for smashing godly altars. Thor wields a powerful hammer. It is the same way God's word is a powerful hammer, stronger than the weapons of darkness. The next weapon I want to give you and then we are going to pray. The divine fire of God. Listen to me. Elijah prepared an altar and then he said, I'm going to call fire from heaven. I'm getting ready to call fire upon those things that are destroying you, destroying your household. I'm coming to the end of the fast and this fast must certainly do to break the bondages. Is this the fast that I've called to destroy the yokes of bondages? In a few moments we are going to stand and I'm going to pray. I'm going to call the fire and uh, God's word says, is not my word like fire? And so we call the fire of El Elio. That means Elio means Elijah. This is the fire of God of Elijah. This is the fire, a fire that consumes altars. Stand with me. We have to destroy altars until they become powder. 
Even that I alter it tore down and broke in pieces the stones of it and reduced it to powder and burnt the grove. May the fire of God. I leave you with this and I told you last week that you have not nothing to be scared of. How do we build altars? Is it, is it based on my strength, not my power? Nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So the Spirit of God must serve us the altar in your home. Are we together? You are going to take the Spirit of God. And you are going to go to your home. Like Elijah said. And the God of the heavens. Others came behind him and said. Where is the God of Elijah? You will say where is the God of Jeshurun? Where is the God of Abraham? Jacob when he get dressed he said where is the God of my grandfather Abraham you are going to call on the God of Elijah and the God of Elijah must send fire I'm not sure what's tormenting you but I break it I release fire I release the power of God over the altars that are sponsoring your downfall Listen to me, you have an altar that's called the throne room of grace. Take a picture of this and study it. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy Lord. He says you can come and receive forgiveness and find grace to help you in a time of need. There were people in the Old Testament. God says, I'm going to set you free. But give back all your gods. Even Jacob, listen to me. Jacob's men traveling with Jacob. You'll think Jacob's God will be on them. But they went into Laban's household. Sometimes, listen to me. When you associate with rich people, you like to take their gods because you think that their gods is blessing them. I don't know whether you understand what I'm talking about. You're so weak in your faith by looking at their blessing. And a lot of people, they, they work God out according to blessings. I don't know why, but Jacob said, if he clothes me, if he feeds me, I will give him a tent. Didn't talk about if he gives me wealth untold. COVID taught us, did it not, that the most precious was breath. I know of rich people. I saw the hearse go, uh, entourage of hearses and trucks, trucks following. Saw it on Facebook. Millions, but could not save life. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet lose his soul? Jacob's men started godly. They went and joined Laban's men, looked at Laban's riches and Laban's lifestyle and said, man, I want this man's riches. May I try his lifestyle? And they, they started to take all their Laban's gods. 
Go read your Bible. When God calls Jacob back to Bethel, he says, tell your men to leave their gods behind. And that's when Jacob instructed, you will not, you will come, but you will not carry all of Laban's gods. But that's where um, Rachel, she comes and hides that thing. And let me tell you, according to Achanson, sometimes Gonas Joshua, he, he destroyed the people at Jericho, a large battle. AI, which is going to take 300 men, that'll just, it, it's just like done and dusted. They put up oh, oh, a Ukrainian war, fighting more than a long time. He says, why am I losing? He says, because of Achan. Achan brought devoted gods into the camp of Israel. If, he says, if I bless you, you'll think, Achan will think that those gods bless you. So you will lose. Some of you are fighting battles that you should not be fighting because you have these things. He said, go and tell them to give out all, bring in all the jewelry. The men pierced their ears as allegiance to foreign gods. He said, make the men take out their earrings. And if God gives you a, a revelation now, all the men that wear earrings, it shouldn't be. It's an attraction. I'll talk about it. Maybe we'll teach some other time about that. But you shouldn't be wearing earrings. It's an aerial of attraction. It may start as a blessing, but ends as a curse. Are we together? Are you getting something? And so, Hebrews 9, 12. But Christ, he entered the most holy place once and for all with his own blood. Thus obtaining eternal redemption. There is an altar that is so great in the heavens. Christ is seated on the right hand side of God and that altar is sponsoring you. You can think of any other altar. You think, oh, those guys, they, those demonic altars are, are strong. No, sir, no, ma'am. You have one greatest altar. It's called the throne room of grace. And that's why when you stand before any foreign power, you must understand that you yourself are an altar. I'm a gate. When I pray, the God of Jeshurun, come to me. So, my whole body in itself is an altar. What's important is where you get its power from. You come under in sync with the throne room of grace and both as it is in heaven so it shall be done for you on the earth. Are we together this morning? I want you for a few moments to say God the God of Jeshurun I want you to pray just now and say this pastor is talking about foreign altars strange fires. I may not understand it in totality but Lord help me number one and number two fill me with this power. By faith, position yourself under the throne room of grace. Lift both your hands if you want to reach the sky. I don't know how desperate you are to be filled with this raw energy, with the Spirit of God. Say, God.